This is Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, the Golden Rockets have the weekend off, awaiting the start of the playoffs. Emmanuel Sequeira talks with her captain, Jordan Lario, about the season and preparing for the playoffs. Fernie head coach and general manager Ty Vallon joins me to talk about the Ghost Riders season, and our guest broadcaster is John Coots from the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Just before we get things... Just, just, okay, 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 Maggie, I've got it, I got it. A huge stick tap to the Kamloops Storm. Teams around the KIJHL do a great job of entertaining fans and creating cool events in between periods. But last Saturday night at Mack Isle, the Storm took it to a new level with the Wiener Dog Race. It was priceless. One little fella had it in the bag in heat too, but turned around near the finish line. The video was incredible. So funny. The eventual winner was Maggie, who celebrated with some popcorn and, of course, a first prize basket. There were 49 entries, and the monies raised went to Angels Animal Rescue Society. Good on the storm. And I just wanted noted that I avoided every pun to give you this last story, and it just about killed me. Up next on Top Shelf, John Coots from the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Now Nighthawks take over. Percival, got about a minute to work with here. Stops just in the blue line, gets it to Tritt. Tritt comes in, he's got some room, shoots. It's up behind, they score! Nighthawks win in overtime with 57.2 seconds left. It's McLean that puts the puck in that hopped up over McDevitt. Ends this game. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the voice of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks, John Coots. John, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, thanks. I was looking forward to it. It's fun to uh, talk about all these different teams in the KIJHL, but for me, it's fun to talk about the broadcast teams. Could you do that? Could you tell us a little bit about the Beaver Valley broadcast team, who they are, and what they do behind the scenes or in front of the mic? There's three of us, uh, basically, uh, mostly just the two of us, Kevin DeLume and myself. Kevin's the technical guy, so he gets into all the computer stuff and uh, taking care of, like, we play music before the game and, and during the the splits and the periods. He takes care of all of that stuff. And then we have Stan McCordoff who comes in and helps out when either one of us are missing. Kevin and I actually worked together at the same place. That's kind of how we met and how he got involved. I was involved with it first. Yeah, come on, we need we need an extra guy. So he got involved that way. So John, uh, how long have you been doing this? Um, I was kind of thinking about that today. I think my first year was 2008-2009 season. Have there been any highlights for you over the years? Because uh, you've seen a lot of hockey. Oh, that when the, when the Nighthawks won the championship, the whole, the, everything. They won every possible thing that they could win. That was an incredible year. So much fun to follow. So much fun to call the games that were here. Just so exciting. And, and everybody, the whole town was energized. Isn't that one of the cool things about being the voice of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks? Is that is that history behind you? I mean, this has been an organization that uh, year after year after year produces very very good teams. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's remarkable, and, and a lot of it's got to do with the head coach and he, uh, Terry Jones. He makes he makes this team not necessarily a hockey team, but more like a family. So everybody involved, and that includes all the volunteers and us and 
the players, everybody works together to make it happen. It's a great experience, and it's so rewarded by being part of it. John, when uh, when we return, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your impressions of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks this season. That'll be coming up a little bit later on. There's Noble, comes out in front, put it right through the crease, nobody was there. Lotard with the shot. Nice stop by Self, he got his body on it. Carmichael turns back toward the corner, Angst is in there, back to Sucro on the point. Nice pass. He scored. Nelson is advancing to the finals. I should mention one other member of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks broadcast team who occasionally fills in, and that's Sheldon Button from 99.3 The Goat. You might remember him from last year when he was with the Leafs. Still to come on top shelf, Jordan Lario of the Golden Rockets and head coach and general manager Ty Vallon from the Fernie Ghost Riders. Picked up by Abley. Abley put the puck into the Dynamiter zone. Claussen after it for Kimberly. He put it up around the boards. Bumped off the puck was Russell. Goal! Lario! Six minutes, 56 seconds into the game. The Golden Rockets surprising the Kimberly Dynamiters 2 to nothing. I'm joined by Jordan Lario, captain of the Golden Rockets. Jordan, welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Wow, thanks for having me again. It's a, it's a true honor. This is obviously your second time on the podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting. I didn't think I'd get to be back on it, so I'm happy I'm back. So Jordan, uh, this is your second season as captain of the Golden Rockets. Talk about uh, what it's been like in your role to be captain of this team and help guide the team into the playoffs? Well, I've actually, my whole career, I've never been captain in, until my first year of junior, theoretically my first year, because due to COVID, I we didn't really have a season. I got it late in my first year with the Golden Rockets. And uh, a big guy that I looked up to is Connor Funky. He kind of was, uh, he was a 20 bomb. He was a really big guy. And, and I kind of looked after that. And honestly, being captain of this team was really easy. Chuck saw that I really was close with most of the guys and they looked up to me, unfortunately enough. And uh, I don't know, I kind of just stepped into the role uh, late into the season and I was honored to get it when I got it. And uh, honestly, the guys are really easy to, they, they listen. It's uh, it's hard to find that balance between captain and, you know, friend, but I, I think I've got the fine line there. And, and honestly, the guys have been super easy and they, they all understand and listen. I can bounce ideas off my assistant captains and things like that. So it's nice not being alone with that. Just talking about that support group that you have, because how do you feel that you've handled taking on that leadership role? At first, it was it was a uh, it wasn't even in my mind that I would get it or anything like that. I kind of just came here ready to play hockey, and and then when I got it, my assistant captains were luckily some guys who've had the experience before, and I, I really look to have them help me throughout the time that I do have the C. And uh, I think it's been those guys like Cade Coughlin, Liam Furlong have really stepped up and really been some concrete guys for me. And then even this year, bringing in two more 20-year-olds who've had experience on other teams, who have been leaders on other teams, have really just shown that we, we're such an old team that that we really have a bunch of different leaders on the team. And I would say that I got to see, but honestly, our whole leadership group is part of the whole thing, and, and I couldn't do it without them. I'm actually glad that you mentioned Cade Coughlin uh, as a key part of the leadership group because probably a few weeks ago and speaking with coach Chuck White for comments for the notebook he was mentioning on how Coglin has been key as a leader kind of talk about a little bit about how important Kate has been to the leadership group of the team he's been crucial not only for leadership he's been my line mate since day one as well and honestly he's got such a great personality and and he's so fun to be around he just brings everyone's spirits up and just playing on a line with him he's he's so fast 
And honestly, I couldn't ask for a better line mate and a better leader because he's really stepped into the role and he's been the guy that I go to for just about anything I need, any help I need. He's he's always the first guy I text and great character on and off the ice. He's, he's the one of the guys that, you know, everyone wants to be around and he's always there when you need him. So he's a, one of the biggest parts of the team and I, I can't be grateful enough for him. How important will that strong leadership group be when it comes to the first round of the playoffs? I mean, obviously you guys now have a bit of a break before the playoffs start, but how important is your guys' group of leadership going to be when it comes to having success in the playoffs? We had kind of a, I would say, a small run last year. So a lot of the guys are still new to playoffs. Like some of the guys still haven't really had the playoff experience. So I think the leaders are going to be super important. And we have a, a this week off where we're doing team builders and everything. And, and our leaders are trying to get the guys closer, as close as we can for playoffs. I think that going into playoffs, we're going to have a couple bumps in the road, depending on who we play. Of course, we're going to have to come out strong and we're going to have to show that we are a better team than than every team we face. And it's going to come down to the leaders. They can't take a night off. I mean, obviously, you had a big offensive season, a, a breakout year. Are you hungry? Is it something that you want to show that you can continue to contribute in the playoffs when it gets harder to score? Honestly, I've always felt like I've been a playoff player. Like the uh, the more important the game is, the more the more I feel like I, I thrive. And that's why I'm so excited for this year is I, I feel like I'll finally be able to show is I slowed down a bit over Christmas. I battled injuries and whatnot. So I'm just getting back into the groove and I and I'm super excited to to show what I can do in playoffs and be one of those top guys again and show that I am I'm still here and I'm still going to be a problem to any team we face. Jordan, thanks again for joining us on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Thanks. It's uh, it's an honor to come on the podcast. We'll we'll show you guys what we're made of in playoffs. Neutral zone now and Samo is happy to just to get the puck deep in. David goes and chases. Here's Lario with the burst of speed. He's got a partial break on Donahue. Comes out, shoots and scores. Top shelf, Captain Jordan Lario. Once again on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with John Coots, the voice of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. And John, I really want to talk about some of the players on the Nighthawks this season and your impressions of them. Are there any players that really stand out for you? Yeah, there's a couple that always do every year. Um, Caleb Percival, of course, always, since he came to the team, we, we actually watched him uh, as he was coming up through, or sorry, Major major Midget. Caleb Percival, the, kind of the leader of the Nighthawks team and solid defenseman, love watching him play. And the young fellows that have come up and, and made a impression here this year, uh, Bowman Egg, quick. It's not, not big, but quick. Another one that's been with the Nighthawks uh, for quite a while that I really like is Austin McLean. Also another smaller player, but never stops that guy. Just constant going to the puck and trying to make plays. Talk a little bit about uh, your impressions of of Nathan Dominici because, uh, you know, I've had a chance to watch him play, but also see him get elevated up to the next league and uh, and play a little affiliate uh, action with uh, Trail. Uh, Talk about your impressions of Nathan. Nathan is a standout player, of course. Uh, I didn't mean to leave him out. Nathan's been dominant right from the right from the beginning of the year, so so you expect that from him. <laughs> and he, he delivers every night. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the the division because, my goodness, uh, uh, the Neil Murdoch is tight. I mean, you've got three teams, Grand Forks, Beaver Valley, and Nelson, all within two points of each other, all with two games left in the season. First place 
isn't out of the realm of, of a possibility for the Nighthawks. And if you would have looked back maybe two months ago, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen that. No, um, that's for sure. And, and that's one of the things that Nighthawks do just about every year. They, they kind of build up, don't really have a good or a great start to the year. But by December, they're starting to play together. And you have all the pieces in place then. And like you say, there's not a lot of points separating first to third. And I actually talked about it last night on the webcast. The Nighthawks completed uh, round one last night by beating the Grand Forks Border Bruins. Uh, all they need now to finish in first place is Border Bruins to lose their last two games. And I think they play Nelson and Kalsagar. And the Nighthawks have to win their next two games. So it's going to be interesting coming right down to the wire. That's what makes the KIJHL so exciting is is you, you get that so often where these teams are so competitive and they you know and they're built they're built for each of their own divisions too. Uh, so it's no surprise to see a race like this right down to the wire. Uh, when we come back a little bit later on, we're going to talk about uh, this coming weekend because those games are big. Joel Smythe another shot on Rao Dominici with it. Nighthawks still with the puck. They score! Percival! That went right through the glove. Sure did. Nighthawks win their fourth game in a row. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the head coach of the Fernie Ghost Riders, Ty Vallon. Coach, thank you very much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. It's really the first chance you and I have had to talk, and uh, there's almost the season's almost over. Talk about the play of your club this season. You know, overall, it's been kind of a, an up and down season. Early on, we had some big injuries and some some things just kind of not going away, and but we were able to kind of keep pace and, and keep pushing forward every day. The biggest thing I like about my guys throughout the entire season is just their their willingness to keep fighting every day. You know, we went through a couple of tough patches this year, a couple long road trips, things like that, where they could have just packed it in, but you know, they, they fought right to the end and, and they, they still fight now and they're learning to win games late, you know, and that's, that's big this time of the year. Are there any players that really have stood out for you this season that have really taken on a leadership role? Definitely Ethan McDuff, you know, obviously he's, he's our leading scorer. So he's really, his game has really excelled from where it was last year. Um, same with Scott Sinclair. He's another guy that uh, he's our captain, our, you know, one of our, our rocks on the back end. He shows up every night and competes hard. He's, he, he's big on our, on our power play. Uh, just a very offensively minded defenseman as well. There's leaders in the stats, but there are those quiet leaders that get the job done and maybe don't get the press that they deserve. Are there any players on your team that maybe are unsung heroes for you? Yeah, absolutely. There's guys like Riley Cardinal. He started off the year as a forward. We had, like I said, we had some injuries and stuff, and he ended up having to jump in the back end for us. Played a, a big stretch in the back end, and now we've bounced him back up front again. And you know, he's just he doesn't complain. He shows up every day, does his job, does what we ask of him. He was one of those guys. He works extremely hard every day. Good on the PK. That he's just he's just happy to be there every single day and does anything we we ask of him. Those guys like that are, are amazing to have. They go a long way in the room. Also, uh, like Malachi Pagan, he's another guy, first year player in the league. Hasn't found the score sheet as much as he probably should have. Just for whatever reason, he just just can't find the back of the net. Goaltenders seem to have have his number, but but again, there's a guy that shows up every day. He's got a great attitude morale he brings to the room is incredible he, he got his first goal like against chase a couple of weeks back and and I, I i'm pretty sure like our bench was louder than than our crowd was on a saturday night which was was pretty 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 special to see and that just shows how much he means to the group coaches uh, at this level don't get into the business for the money you get into it for the love of the game what's your backstory uh why are you a head coach oh geez I got I got roped in when I finished playing 
I went to an alumni skate, my college team back in Edmonton, and uh, a guy that was out there had just lost his assistant coach. And he started working on me because I happened to live in, in the community where they had a, a junior team, and I was a realtor at the time. And so obviously my schedule allowed for it. That's that's how I got going. And then uh, the next season, he actually ended up uh, leaving the team for family reasons. Three games in, I was the next guy in line. So <laughs> kind of the rest is history. What is it that keeps you in that position, though? Because, uh, you know, I talk to a number of coaches. It's always something I want to find out. It's one thing to get into coaching. It's another thing to stay into coaching. What's the most rewarding aspect for you? It's watching the players like develop. You know, everybody comes in with a goal, whether it be, I'll oh, get so many goals or so many assists in the air or so many wins or whatever their, their personal goal is. But they also come in into the season and, and they want to get better, not only as hockey players, but as humans. And that's, that's a big thing in the hockey world is, is we're training these young men to, to be leaders in the future. And for me, it's, it's watching them develop and mature throughout the year and then even following their careers afterwards. Like I have a number of players I've, I still am in touch with yearly, even monthly, that, that are playing in different leagues around the world. And it's cool to watch them. Now some of them, some of those guys are starting to have kids and, and stuff. So you, you see it on Instagram and Facebook and, and you know that, you had a part in that guy's life where he's at now. And for me, that's that's why I do it. Obviously, like you said, we don't do it for the money. We do it because we, we love the game and, and we, we love working with the players and, and helping them in their lives. Because at some point, when I was a player, all my coaches helped me along the way. And that's obviously gotten to me where I'm at now. You're coming off uh, a couple of big wins last weekend against teams you're going to face again this weekend. Talk a little bit about uh, what your guys have to do this weekend to be successful. We've had a really good stretch since since Christmas break. Their last ten games are like eight and two right now. So obviously they're they're starting to to figure it out and, and play the right way every night. The last probably three four weeks for us has been extremely meaningful in the sense that they wanted to climb the standings and as a group they they knew that they could climb the standings and they've gotten themselves into a position now where where they they understand you know we get three out of four points on the weekend and, and they can leapfrog a team. And, and move up into that third position and play against our, our rival team in, in the entire league. You know, for them, like, they kind of are excited about that and they, they understand that these are meaningful games and, and it's also good for us moving forward into the postseason. Essentially, these guys have been fighting since since Christmas to, to put themselves in a good situation. Ty Vallon is the head coach of the Fernie Ghost Riders. Thank you very much for doing this. It's been a pleasure. Hey, right on, Mark. Thank you so much. Save there by Stojan. Now Nighthawks two on two. McCulloch's going to take a shot. Scores! McCulloch! Wicked wrister by McCulloch. Blows it through the glove. Nighthawks take this 5-4 in overtime. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm talking with John Coots, the voice of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. And, you know, it's near the end of the program. We like to talk with the home broadcaster about the games coming up this weekend. And Beaver Valley has got two very important games Friday night in Castlegar. And then the one I think everybody's going to be looking at, and that's uh, on Saturday night, you get the call against Nelson. Uh, how important is that game? I mean, that's, oh. a, that's an understatement. How important is that game, and what can fans look forward to when they join the broadcast? Huge, uh, huge game, uh, the final game, although they have to beat Kalsiger, and that they've struggled with that the last few games. Yeah, um, huge game on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to calling it. It's always fun because there's such a rivalry between the two of them. Oh, geez, what can you expect? Back and forth action. I probably will get dry mouth very quick. (laughs) 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 It's just such good hockey to watch. These teams, Nelson and Beaver Valley, really 
don't have a lot of love for each other when they get out on that ice and play. How much do you think that discipline is going to play a factor uh, with these two teams? That's one of the keys, actually, in any of these games that these two play. you got to keep out of that box. How excited are you for the playoffs? Oh, I'm excited every year. This is what you look forward to. This is yeah. what the hockey team and the, and all of the volunteers and the, the players and everybody on behind the scenes look forward to 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 get to the playoffs and, and uh, see how far the Nighthawks can go. I'm talking with John Coots, the voice of the Beaver Valley Nighthawks. Thank you very much for doing this, John. Oh, thanks, Mark. It was great. And have a great call on Saturday night. I will. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to KIJHL broadcasters John Coots, Bob Scott, Brad Cable, and Sheldon Button. KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera. Jordan Lario of the Golden Rockets and head coach and general manager Ty Vallon of the Fernie Ghost Riders. Also a thank you to Hockey TV, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days.